several weeks studying the Sermon on the Mount, which comes from Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7. And in the past couple of weeks, we've focused in a little bit more on a mini-series that we're calling Matters of the Heart, where Jesus talked about many issues of the heart. He talked about murder. He talked about adultery, divorce, and marriage. And he also talked about swearing. Today, he's going to talk on the topic, at least what I believe he's talking about, is personal revenge. And so let's read. And after we read these verses together, let's go in depth into what Jesus is saying. This comes from chapter 5 of Matthew. And I'm going to read from verse 38 to 42. Here's what Jesus says. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you not to resist an evil person. But whoever slaps you on your right cheek, turn the other to him also. If anyone wants to sue you and take away your tunic, let him have your cloak also. And whoever compels you to go one mile, go with him too. Give to him who asks you, and from him who wants to borrow from you, do not turn away. Matters of the heart. Several years ago, in a, a bank where I worked, as time went by doing my job, there was another man in our bank that, for whatever reason, jealousy, competition, whatever it was, he began to show his dislike toward me. This man had been with the bank for several, several years. I had only been with the bank for about seven or eight years at the time. Well, in this man's jealousy, he began to talk poorly about me, gossip and spread rumors about me. He was also spreading the, the lies that I was working outside of my bounds, outside of my responsibilities, and that I was actually attempting to steal business from other associates in the bank. I didn't know exactly why he was doing this, but I knew that they were all lies. And so I had talked to my manager several times about it. And each time I didn't have good things to say about this other man. And one day my manager called me in to have a meeting concerning this situation. And I was ready. I was ready to hear about what the bank was going to do about this gentleman. I wanted to hear the, about the, the, the punishment. I wanted to hear about how the, the truth was going to be shown upon this situation so that everybody would know that he was in the wrong, that he was lying, lying. And I, I wanted sort of personal revenge. And as I sat down with my manager, just waiting to hear what we're going to do about this, my manager said, you know, Heath, I've thought about all of this and everything that's going on. And I think the best thing for you to do is to just simply take the high ground. Walk away from this. Don't worry about it anymore. Don't even listen to what's happening. Just keep doing what you're doing. And she went on further and said, as a manager, I know the truth. I know what you're doing. And I can tell you, my boss also knows the truth about you. And my boss's boss also knows the truth about you. So move on. Take the higher ground and just keep on working as you are. She was exactly right. That was my attitude. That should have been my attitude. To take the higher ground, not let somebody else's words bother me. If I'm in the right, just keep walking in the right, regardless of what other people say. As soon as she said those things, I knew she was right. And I knew that was the right thing to do. But I was also embarrassed and ashamed that 
I wasn't already acting in that way. That it took my manager to teach me that, to, to help me in that way. When I thought about it, I thought, you know, I should have been responding in this way the entire time. And yet I wasn't. I wanted revenge. And so after that meeting, I did decide. My manager knows about it. My boss's boss knows all about it. So I'm going to keep doing what I do and ignore the situation. And as time went by, everything was settled. And I didn't have to worry about it any longer. And that taught me a, an important lesson in life. Because there are many times where people may offend us or speak wrongly about us. What do we do? Do we seek personal revenge? Well, in the same way that my boss's boss knew the truth, God knows the truth as well. And if I'm in the right, and I'm walking with integrity in my heart, working with a pure heart, God, who's above all, He knows the truth. He is in charge of all. And as long as He knows the truth, I should just keep on walking in the truth. Keep walking in the right way and not let what other people say about me bother me. Jesus begins this section by saying, You have heard that it was said, An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you not to resist an evil person. Jesus is quoting the Old Testament law when he says this. In the Old Testament, there were laws for justice. Justice for the victim and justice for the offender. And justice was not to be abused. But the punishment needed to fit the crime. But in all of this, God set up a judicial system. There were judges who were in charge of these things. These matters were never to be taken up in people's own hands for them to seek personal revenge against somebody else. And I believe that that was one of the problems in the days of Jesus. Men felt it was their right to seek personal vengeance. And that was not God's intention. Jesus said that we are not to seek personal revenge. And by saying that we should not resist an evil person, that word resist means to stand in combat with somebody else, to stand face to face in a battle against somebody else. We are not to be doing that. And why do you suppose that is? Well, I think for one thing, if we're constantly battling other people, it's going to be very exhausting and it may hinder our spiritual growth. Also, when you think about it, it shows weakness because it's in the human nature. It's, it's the natural man that seeks revenge, that seeks to punch back. That's the easy way. The difficult way is to seek that higher ground, to walk the higher ground and learn to walk away from certain situations in life. And also, if we behave poorly and have a bad attitude and seek revenge, then that may ruin our testimony and it may dishonor the Lord's name. And we don't want to do that. Now, the Lord gives some very specific examples that were very real in his day. Remember, God became a man. For more than 30 years, he walked among society. And he knew the rich and the poor. He knew the village of the fishermen. And he knew the holy city of Jerusalem. He knew the marketplaces and the streets and the communities. And I think he often saw these things happening and heard about these things happening. And it was time to bring the truth 
to these matters. So as Jesus begins to give some real-life examples and, and how the Christian is to respond, we also learn something about human nature. And we learn something about the Lord's nature. And that will be our two focuses today. Number one, human nature. Number two, the Lord's nature. So let's begin with number one, human nature. How does man respond? He says, first of all, if someone slaps you on your right cheek, turn the other to him also. Now in the days of Jesus, as would be today, if a man walked up to you and slapped you in the face, it was a, a great insult. It was meant to be an insult. It was meant to be a public insult that everybody would learn how this man detests you and does not like you at all and he slaps you in the face. It was meant as a great insult. So what does Jesus say should be the response of the Christian when they are slapped in the face? Now it may not mean that we are physically slapped or punched, but how often has somebody mistreated us? Maybe returned, you know, if we've done something good for them, they return evil toward us. How many times have we said something like, it's like a slap in the face? doesn't mean they physically slapped us, but their actions against us were very insulting. So what should be our response? What does Jesus say? He says, turn the other cheek. You can stand your ground. Keep walking in the truth. You don't have to depart from the truth. Stand your ground, but turn the other cheek. In other words, if they're talking bad about you, let them keep talking. Let them just keep running their mouths. If they slap you as an insult, let them do so. Let them try to harm you on the outside, but let it, let it not affect your heart on the inside. You can stand your ground, turn the other cheek, and in your heart, learn to just walk away, to let things go and leave it in the Lord's hands. If someone slaps you in the right cheek, turn the other to him also. And in this, in our hearts and in our minds, we can learn to walk away from conflict and not stand in combat with somebody else. He also talks about this. If anyone wants to sue you and take away your tunic, let him have your cloak also. You know, in Jesus' day, this wasn't uh, uh, an easy thing. A cloak for someone was very important. It could mean life or death. A cloak is what a man wore on the outside of his tunic, and it kept him warm at night. It was the only blanket he had. Do you know in the Old Testament, a cloak could be given as a pledge, as a collateral, but God commanded the person holding that garment in collateral, he had to return it during the night so that the man who had borrowed or gave that cloak as a pledge could have a blanket to sleep with. It was an important thing. Jesus says, if someone wants to sue you and take away your tunic, be willing to give away your cloak as well. Give it away. You know, it reminds me of what Jesus said earlier in the Sermon on the Mount. To agree with your adversary before you get to the judge. And so, it is a, a, a mind of humility. It is a humbling thing to give away a cloak. But Jesus teaches that we are to seek peace with one another. He then also says, If anyone compels you to go one mile, go with him too. Now in the days of Jesus, 
the Roman law was superior over all other laws. And according to Roman law, a Roman soldier could walk right up to a Jew and compel him to carry his load, his burden, his baggage for a mile. That was the law according to the Romans. And the Jews hated that law. It was against their own personal rights. How dare you summon me as your slave? How dare you compel me to carry your load for a mile? The Jews resented that law. How did Jesus respond to it? What did Jesus say to someone who hates what government is telling them to do? Jesus says, be ready to submit to government. Be ready not only to obey the command, but show that you are ready to go even another mile. Go beyond what is being asked of you. And last, he says, give to him who asks you. And from him who wants to borrow from you, don't turn them away. Sometimes when we give, we give hoping that we're going to receive that money back. Or if we've helped somebody out, we're hoping that when it's our turn, turn to be in need, that that person will then help us. But that's not the kind of giving Jesus teaches. In fact, in the Gospel of Luke, he goes a little bit further. He says that when we give, don't expect to receive it back. Don't give hoping that the person will be able to repay that loan or whatever it is that you did for the person. When you give, just simply give. You know, there are times that we may give to someone and they don't return the promise. They don't return the money or the favor, even though we expected them to do that. And what can happen? Well, bitterness can grow in our heart. And we say things like, I'm never going to help another person again. But Jesus teaches when you give, give as though you're never going to see that money again. Give your time or the favor as though nothing will ever be returned to you. And you know, if that's our attitude in giving, well, then we'll never be offended when the goodness does not, be, does not come back to us. But we are to give, simply to give. And I love what the Lord promises or what the Lord says in Deuteronomy 15.10 about giving. He says, you shall surely give to him, that is, anyone who's in need. And your heart should not be grieved when you give to him. Because for this thing, the Lord your God will bless you in all your works and in all to which you put your hand. When we give, the Lord takes care of us. And even if what we gave does not come back to us, the Lord knows how to provide. And in all these things the Lord has just talked about, being slapped, being sued, being compelled by government, or giving something that doesn't get returned back to us, in all of these things, we may lose our reputation, we may lose our possessions, lose our money, or we may lose our personal rights. But in all the while, the Lord is our shepherd, and he's the one who provides, and he knows how to restore. Now, human nature looks at this and says, no way, I will not do what the Lord is saying. I cannot. It's not in me to, to behave in that way. No, I will seek revenge. Human nature says, I won't do this. I will punch back. I will refuse. I will resist. 
I will revolt, and I will get revenge. That's human nature. That's the natural man. That's the thought and the actions of flesh and blood. And if that's you today, and you're looking at these words that Jesus is saying, and, and you're thinking, you know, Jesus, he must have been talking about somebody else. He's certainly not talking to me because I would not simply turn the other cheek. I wouldn't simply be compelled to go even one mile, let alone two miles for the government. Well, if that's you, and you look at this and you say, no, Lord, I won't do these things. I won't act in this way. Then I want you to remember what the Bible says about flesh and blood. Like in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 50, Paul says, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Man, in his natural state, human nature has no place in the kingdom of heaven. Jesus came to save us, and the Holy Spirit now dwells within us to change our nature and to conform us into the nature of Christ. Without that conforming, without that humility and submission to the Lord, there's no place for us in the kingdom of heaven. Secondly, in the Old Testament, God spoke of a day where he was going to show great grace, great salvation, that he was going to send a savior into the world, and that he was going to transform the hearts of so many people. And speaking of that day, how would God do it? Well, how did he say he was going to do it? In Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6, here's what God says. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. It won't be done by force. It won't be done by revolt. It won't be done by hurting. It'll be done through the spirit of God moving among men and through men, refusing, revolting, punching back, and seeking revenge. These things do not change the world for God's glory. But the Spirit of God, working in us and through us, conforming us into the nature of the Lord, that is what transforms people, transforms the world, and changes the hearts of man. And that's where every problem lies, in the heart. Human nature has no place in the kingdom of heaven. We must be conformed. Number two, we look at the Lord's nature. And as we consider once again each of the things that the Lord just spoke about, let's look at these things again and consider how did Jesus respond in these moments? What was his attitude? What were his actions? And before we look at them, I want you to remember this. Jesus was the most innocent person that ever walked on this earth. And number two, Jesus at all times had the authority and the power and the ability to obliterate the entire human race at one word. He could speak it and destroy the whole earth. I want you to remember that. Not only was he the most innocent man that ever lived, but he, by his authority and power, could have annihilated the whole world in one moment. And yet, how did Jesus respond to these things he just spoke about? 
let's look at the Lord's nature. Number one, how did he respond to being slapped in the face? Well, whether it's physical slapping or even if it was just words that were spoken in hatred against him, he went through that his whole entire ministry. But let's look specifically at the last, perhaps, day of his life, the last 24 hours, because Jesus endured everything he just spoke about. How about being slapped in the face? Like when he was arrested and brought before the priest and also brought before the Roman soldiers. They spit on him, they slapped him, they punched him, they beat him with a rod, and they scourged him with the Roman scourging. They did all these things. How did Jesus respond? Well, as prophesied in the book of Isaiah, Jesus says, I gave my back to them, and I gave my cheeks to those who ripped out the beard from them, and I did not hide my face from spitting and from shame. Jesus turned the other cheek. He was silent, and he bore the punishment, even though he was innocent, and even though he had the right to destroy those people, he did not. Instead, he humbled himself, and he gave both cheeks, and he even gave his back to scourging. He even gave his hands and his feet to crucifixion. Number two, Jesus talked about someone wanting to take away your tunic, which is the undergarment, and to give them your outer garment as well. When the soldiers were ready to crucify Jesus, do you remember they took away his garments? They would have stripped him naked. They took away not only his outer garment, but they took away his clothing as well. They crucified him naked on that cross. Now, Jesus, did he have to let them take his clothing? Of course not. He could have stopped them. Did he? No. He humbled himself and they took these things from him. And think of this. When Jesus died on that day, he only owned the clothing that he was wearing. That was the only possession he actually owned. And they even took that from him. When he died, he died literally with nothing. They stripped him of everything he owned and they crucified him. Jesus also talks about being compelled, like by the Roman government, to carry a burden for one mile, and he challenged us to even go two miles. Jesus not only always obeyed the laws, but also when he was alive here on the earth and the Jews had some idea about him being the Messiah, do you know that they thought that he would lead the rebellion? They thought that he would lead the revolution, that he would rise up against the Roman government and smash them into pieces and then take his place on the throne. The people wanted him to lead that protest, lead the revolution against the government. At what point did Jesus do that? He didn't. In fact, he was compelled to carry his own cross. The Gospel of John tells us that he went out bearing his cross. And he would have gone all the way to Calvary if his strength allowed him. But so weakened from the scourging, he couldn't carry the cross anymore. And the Bible says that they compelled a man named Simon to carry the cross. And Simon did all the way to Calvary.
You know what's wonderful about the story is that the same soldiers that made Jesus bear that burden, the same soldiers that nailed him to the cross and then took his garments and divided it among themselves, those same soldiers, when they saw the humility of Christ, when they saw all that had taken place and hearing his words from the cross, those soldiers believed in him that he was truly the Son of God. What grace he showed to them. And last, what about giving? Jesus says we are to give. Did he not give himself? In dying for the world, he gave his life for us. And think about this. He did not come to lend his life to us, but to give it. And we do not borrow his life. We have it. Praise God. He gave everything to us before we even knew we needed him. Before we ever asked him for anything, he already gave his life for us. So Jesus perfectly exemplifies what it means to have the nature of the kingdom of heaven in these areas of life. This is our king. This is our Lord. And this is the one we are to follow. And so right now, as you are listening to me, if you are currently in a difficult place, you've been mistreated, you don't like what's happening around you, and in your heart there is anger, hatred, thoughts of revenge and revolt, then I pray the Holy Spirit will lead you and conform your heart to the heart of Christ. That your responses and reactions will not mirror human nature, but they will mirror His nature. This is the kingdom of heaven, and our King, He always provides, He always helps, and He always comforts us in time of need. And at the end of this age, the Lord Jesus Himself will settle every matter, so we can safely leave our burdens in His hands. May the Lord abundantly bless you and be gracious to you and merciful to you as you walk in His steps. Amen. Thank you for joining today, and God bless you.